KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller for the next two hours, right up until, well, just before 1 o'clock as Tiger rolls his eyes, looks at the sky, must have missed another short one uh, as he's not having the best round. Anyways, we will uh, keep you updated on the Masters uh, throughout the, uh, at least our period of time here this morning, trying to get an update on Tiger. He was two over, uh, and this was a par putt that he, well, anyways, we'll get you up to date. Um, BMW Des Moines guest list ships up like this. Bottom of the hour, off to Kansas City, uh, where we will catch up with our friend Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star. Lots going on in Kansas City. Maybe front and center is the potential of a new ballpark uh, in downtown Kansas City. We'll do that. Bill Self met the media yesterday, says he's coming back. Everything's good for next year with him. Uh, So we will talk to Blair Kirkhoff, one of our favorite guests, uh, when uh, he joins us at 1130. We'll kick off our number two, talking to Dave Sproul about Iowa State. Football and basketball. Trey King make it official earlier this morning. He is indeed going to come back for another year. Maybe take a look at this potential roster for uh, Coach Otzelberger and what that will look like uh, with Omaha Baloo. And I'm starting to see some stuff already for next year that he may indeed be a one-and-dunner that uh, NBA scouts and uh, starting to get that feeling. So we will talk to Dave Sproul and then Steve Batterson on Iowa. They've got a press conference this morning, football-related press conference. Uh, the university had a press conference yesterday as to how they're going to handle the overwhelming uh, up what would you call it? Demand. Request demand for tickets, season tickets for the Iowa women's basketball program. Over 6,000 new requests already. Uh, that goes on top of their returning base, etc. I saw the price of the tickets. Did you see how cheap these things are last year? Oh, yeah. It was like 125 bucks or something. 125 bucks. Yeah. Not, not game. Right. I wonder what they could get if they priced it like that. And you know what? Do they have, I've never checked this before, a lot of pro teams have taken their own tickets in-house. Mm-hmm. They're take, tried to keep it away from the secondary market. So if, Trent, you have season tickets and you can't make the Ohio State game, right. you turn them back in, you get credited, and then the university checks, you know, what are these going for, and they take the profit. Does the University of They have? do, yeah. The secondary market that they work with is Ticketmaster. So that is what you So they through. get their cut? I'm not sure on that front, but you'd anticipate because the Cubs do. The Cubs have taken all their secondary tickets, or they try anyways, and 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 they're not alone. So, going to be a big demand, no doubt about that. So, Masters is off and running. Did Mm -hmm. you uh, finalize your bets yesterday? How many? How many? uh, How many wagers have you made? Uh, Let's see. I think I overall made seven. I have seven different players, different ways to win. Top 20s, top 10s. Top oh, 10s, probably outright. a half dozen, and probably another half dozen top 20s. Mm-hmm. Didn't get into the goofy ones this year. Didn't do any of the props. Didn't do any of the, hey, these three players make the cut. Mm-hmm. That's, didn't do any of those. Sometimes they catch my eye. Not this year. Just the prices were so good at Circa. I just 
kept it simple. Mm-hmm. And instead of kind of going that route and getting a few different things in there, I'm very happy with where I am. I'm happy with the start here for many of the golfers that I have. Rom had a four putt and Deesh. he's bounced back and he's got back to even. So he's in good shape. And yeah, we're feeling in good shape here. Shoffley's one of my guys. He just gave one back. He's at one under and got a ticket on both Victor Hovland and Cam Young. So the two young guns that are off and firing here early on uh, got a ticket on both of them. So feeling in good shape here as we open things up. And, well, my biggest one is Scotty Scheffler, uh-huh. and uh, we await for him to tee off. Well, uh, I mean, the weather's pristine right now. Yes. I mean, it just looks beautiful. The guys are out there in short sleeve shirts, and apparently it's going to be a major, major factor on Saturday. So we shall see. In fact, what did I hear this morning? Um, it's been... Since 1982 or the early 80s, you have to go back that far when the Masters wrapped up on a Monday. So they've been pretty fortunate, right? Absolutely. You would think that the law of averages would um, uh, dictate that that has not been the case. But so far it is. Boy, looks good. The course always looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite weekends of, of, the, uh, of the sports calendar, quite honestly. Yeah, one of those calming weekends. Yeah, it is, right? kind of roll in. We're already making our Easter plans and decided, hey, you know what? There's a Saturday morning service at 11 a.m. I think that might work well for us this year. And uh, the wife went with it, so... So it worked out well. We didn't Got tell her wish. the exact reasons behind it, but that's okay. That was okay. It was best best for the kids, is the way that I put it. You know, uh, realignment is is a big thing in in sports, um, and and we may be on the cusp of it again when it comes to co- to college athletics. But where where I want to go with you here is, is the decision, the realignment decision, when it came came to the uh, major championships. I mean, this is. The moving the PGA to May was one of the most underrated, I think, moves. Uh, yeah, we talk about it all the time, but maybe don't give it the credit it deserves because it got lost in August. It just yeah. got lost in August. Everybody back to school, you know, here the fair's going on, uh, football has started, we're already starting to get in football mode, and to move that to May... Because we used to have to, don't forget, it wasn't too many years ago that this tournament would end on Sunday, and it's all the way till Father's Day right. before the next major championship. So I love the way it plays out now. It's April, it's May, it's June, it's July, it's over. And that's basically what it is, right? right. I mean, I mean if, you're, if you just like to follow the majors right. and you don't bet golf on a weekly basis, you're not in the Ryder Cup, or it's crazy? a Ryder Cup year. Well, I know you, you love it. Um you love it, but I, I just, these majors, the once a month is just perfect. It really is. It sets up beautifully. You know, we had the players for a while in May. Mm-hmm. That was okay, yep. but it just, it's not the same. The nope. PGA there, it just works. We're in football mode by August. Yep. We're, we're ready to go. We're off and yep. rolling. And though I watched it, it just wasn't the yeah. same. It was sometimes that last summer trip that you're taking. Thing, it just, it almost got in the way at the end of the summer. Uh-huh. And that is not the case anymore. It, it sets up perfectly, even if you're not a huge golf fan. It's one where, if you're the casual one, I think it sits up perfectly for most everybody throughout the course of the year. No, no doubt about that. Uh, Tiger just missed another par putt. Oh, uh, yeah, he's really struggling on these greens. Mm. So if you bet uh, won't make the weekend, yeah. I'd like your chances right now of that ticket. Obviously, he's got uh, plenty of time to turn it around. What the, his magical round, didn't he open up with a 40? He didn't did, he yes. open up 40? Mm-hmm. Back in, yeah, 1995. 90, was it five or 97. seven? 1997, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but open up with a forty and then just went crazy yes. uh, and just pulled away. And boy oh boy, just uh, this guy's place in the game, right? It's um, obviously we really, we don't know if he'll ever get. But you you seem to think he will, and I'm rooting for you to be right. Yeah. Just maybe one more in him, and I agree with you that you know that target that Mickelson put out there, that bar where he said it that you can win a major in your fifties, and his air quote rival mm-hmm. was able to do that. Is that motivation enough for him to keep going and to ch- keep trying to plug away to, you know? Uh, 
duplicate or go one better uh, than Mickelson. But what he did for this sport will never be lost. He he meant as much to his sport, I think, as anybody. I mean, you got to come up, I think, with an individual pursuit. You can't tell me who changed football. No. Basketball. No. Hockey, baseball. You know, Gretzky was the great one. Yep. And elevated the sport. Yeah, he did, yes. But where is it today? Sure. No. He elevated it when he went. He didn't elevate it in Canada. He did it yeah. when he was traded to L.A. And made the one run to the final. And made the one run, yeah. It didn't work out. Um, but this, it's got to be an individual pursuit. I mean, who come? Muhammad Ali? In the box, there was, there was champions before Muhammad Ali. Right. Right? Um, Lance Armstrong, he cheated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, There's not. Yeah. There isn't. He is in a different. He stands there. alone, yes. I think, unless we're totally missing something. If it is, it's a, it's not a team sport. I don't think anybody can can claim that status by playing a part of a team. I mean, Michael you, Jordan meant a ton. Sure, but Will, the but there's people that tell you Will Chamberlain was a better player just because of his number, Jimmy B. Right. I mean, you've got to get sick of tweeting that time after time after. You know, when somebody says so-and-so is the great, Brinson very quickly jumps on right. Twitter and goat. Well, yeah. was the goat. Eh, hard to make that argument. The The difference is Tiger, not only the level that he played at. Now, he's not going to catch Brought people Jack, to the game. But that's what he sure. did. He, he changed it. Yet, there were a lot more eyeballs watching NBA basketball because of Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't him alone either. It was Tiger alone. Sure. I mean, we think of the manufactured rivalries that we tried to have. Oh my God! And even Mickelson, yeah. Sergio, who I don't know who the other ones are, but they they have it. They didn't land. No, not at all, because he was on his uh-huh. own level. There were times that he was a minus favorite going into a tournament. Nuts! Tiger the field, take Tiger. Yep, <laughs> right. It worked out a lot better if you did that. It just it's absolutely unthinkable that there was somebody well, at that. Well, networks level. knew that you know he, he might not win this week, but you. Bet your bottom dollar he's going to be there on Sunday on the leaderboard somewhere uh, and making people turn on their television sets to watch this guy. Sad the way it's ending uh, for him. I, I still think he's got another run in I hope you're right, brother. I hope you're right. I mean, he is still limping around out there. Mm-hmm. Now, how much better ultimately can the league get? Not sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, is, is this as good as it gets? I don't think so. But just what's between the years, how, how smart he is. He still physically can get the ball around. It's not like... No, he's out there hitting a 260 while everyone's bound right. to 320. Right. He can still hit the ball. He can still generate ball speed. He can do that even with the physical limitations that he has. And, and the more, more removed he is from the accident, I think there's still a run in him. I still think he's got that chance to put together a season where he wins a major, wins another tournament, does those kind of things. It's just still too early. I mean, remember back to a year ago how just mesmerized people were him dragging his body mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. And you still see the limp. I mean, it's... it's Watching today, he's an old man out there. He is. He looks like it, yes. But in comparison, he's not an old man. And certainly not in this game where we've seen older guys Uh make runs and have long, sustained periods of success, even into their 50s. I still think that there's another one in Tiger. Well, I hope you're right. All the surgeries that he's had, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, look at this is self-inflicted. His yeah. his his uh, fall from the top of the sport is is self-inflicted. Um, the Thanksgiving, uh, the incident yeah, right. uh, with uh, Elon. Was that his name? Yep. Elon? L or Elon? Elon. Elon. Um, 
and and then and then the car accident in uh, in California just uh, unbelievable. All right, so kind of a, uh, a quiet day yesterday in sports with all the uh, baseball being played during the day. There's already a bunch of postponements here tonight. Uh, I went back and forth last night between the Royals and the Blue Jays and watching my Jets go down in flames to the flames uh, was not good for me. But uh, That was a big one, you said, right? That was a huge game. Yeah, yeah. a huge game uh, for, for both teams uh, trying to find that final uh, playoff berth. So we talked a little bit yesterday with Dane Mizzitani. You can find that podcast up on our podcast page if you're a big Minnesota sports fan. And we touched on the Wild, his main beat. I asked the question to him, and I want to get your perspective. Nationally, the, the Wild are playing great. Mm-hmm. Nationally, and the best player is not playing. He's right, and Caprice, and he's right. coming back uh, next week. Why isn't there more buzz about this team? You know, I don't. It's it's a it's a really good question. I think the answer is because they reside in the same division as defending champs, the Avalanche. That's a big one. The best. Uh, teams, I think, are all out east. I think you can find the cup champion from one of these five. Toronto, one of these, Boston, Toronto, Rangers, Carolina. One of those four teams, I'd be surprised if they don't represent the east. And I think the east is just so much better than anybody in the west not named Colorado. The Kings are good. The the Golden Knights are playing well. Um, But the Wild Trent, like... What what what's their weak spot? It's fair, and you know what? They're a decent price still on the board. Yeah, they are. I, I was looking at that after our conversation yesterday. What were they? Sixteen, eighteen to one. I think I saw it was eighteen. Eighteen, yeah. I think so too. That's a really good price for a contender. Now, me as a Minnesota sports fan, also has six yeah. consecutive playoff losses sure. for the Wild. Yep. Minnesota sports history in general. Mm-hmm. They've got out of the first round since two thousand fifteen. They've been there six of the last seven years, mm-hmm. and they just can't break through. Last year. The Blues got them. The Blues were a bad matchup for them. They were playing really well last year. Had the Golden Knights on the ropes two years ago, mm-hmm. lost in Game 7. Yep. They've, they've been there. They've, they've had opportunities, and they just haven't been able to break through. A lot of times that's been against the Blues, one time against your Jets. That also, I think, kind of lingers as well. you got to see it from a team, right? Well, we um, like I say, they get their best player back next week, and they still have a chance to win the one seed. So uh, with the Trey King coming back to Iowa State, we'll mm-hmm. talk more about this with Dave Sproul. You watched Omaha Blue play a lot this I year did. as a high school player. Is he going to show up in Ames and instantly be an impact player? Is he a one-and-donner? Because there's a lot of NBA starting uh, love those, starting to come his way. I think those are two different conversations. What the NBA looks for mm-hmm. and what... An impact player at the collegiate level, I think, are two different things. If you think Omaha Blue is going to come in there and even average 15, 16 a game, I don't think that's realistic. I don't think that's... A, he's not selfish enough to do that in the course of an offense. Oh, he's not. I didn't realize that. He's not that player that is just... And especially in a place at the collegiate level where he's just going to take the ball. Mm -hmm. When you go back to his sophomore year, when they won the state championship the last year of one Waukee High School... Now, that was an incredibly deep team. You had both Sanfords on uh-huh. the team. They're really, really good. But there was never a time where it was, i got to take over myself. It's being too aggressive, if you will. That's not him. So I don't see him coming in this year and being that kind of guy. The jump shot has improved immensely. He can hit the open jumper, something he couldn't do early in his career. He gets to the free throw line. He makes them now. He is an incredible athlete. Does he float a little bit too much outside? I think so. I'd like to see him in the block. 
He also doesn't have the back-to-basket moves that mm. you probably want from a guy with that kind mm-hmm. of athleticism and that kind of size. He's more of an open-floor type of player. I understand why NBA scouts are completely enamored with him because of the athleticism that he has, the power that he plays in his game, all those different things. But an impact player in year number one, a guy that comes in and is you know, first-team All-Big 12 right away, I don't see him does he start for? Does he start? Yeah. Yeah, he starts. So the backcourt is uh, Lipsy and Williams, right? Mm-hmm. Those two. Um, Trey King coming back. You've got to put him in the starting lineup, I think. Right. Omaha Baloo is in the starting lineup. You, I mean, I like Robert Jones' game. He's not a starter. He's coming off the bench. He's 12, 15 minutes, right? That's the, that's the best role for him, absolutely. What about the other kid that that, that got all the... Um, uh, uh, a very uh, a four, I want to say he's a four star. The Milan yeah, Momsilovic, Wisconsin. That's yeah. it. Yes, say his name again. Uh, Milan Momsilovic. Momsilovic. I'm still trying to figure out Oshuni, and they throw <laughs> this one at me. There's a new one. <laughs> There's a new one. Is, is he? Is he a guy? Uh, do you know anything about him? I don't know. Okay. I I know you know top fifty player nationally. Mm-hmm. A lot of people really like him. Um, he's kind of an unknown though, at least from some of the circles. And, and I've asked the question before, and I kind of get that response. We'll see. That's kind of what I've got from him. But yeah, highly regarded player, guy that can fill it up from the outside. He's going to be interesting to see how he develops. I, I know they're really excited about the Hamilton kid too. Are they? What he can okay. do as an yep. athlete. Fish is the one that is the lowest regarded, you know, at least in recruiting circles mm-hmm. of the four coming in. But yeah, I think a starting lineup, you got the backcourt of Lipsy and Williams, mm-hmm. Trey King, yep. Omaha Blue, and then Figure out what that last spot. And well, here's the thing: TJ's hitting it hard. Yes, absolutely. and his staff, and we've seen what they've been able to do in the past. So the the roster's anything but set at this point. Uh, but that's a pretty good place to start. I mean, if you've got four, if you can essentially lock in the backcourt set. I mean, I'd be shocked if he if he brings anybody in that relegates either Williams or Lipsy to the bench. Wouldn't He's a you? shooter. You do need a shooter. That's you know, fair. A swing guy, that's fair. You absolutely need shooting on this team. That, you know, that's a really good point. I think King can shoot it. We talked about Blue. Uh-huh. He can hit the open jumper, but he's not a shooter. Yeah, th- this is what this team really lacked last year in a yes. big, big way. I mean, it was glaring. It was glaring last year. You get a, a Matt Thomas type, uh-huh. a sniper from the outside. Right. You know, six five, six six, kind of swing guy that plays small forward, something like that. Because your backcourt, your backcourt with Williams and Lipsy can't shoot. No, that's not a good starting point. No. no. I haven't seen enough about Williams. I am. I love Lipsy's game. He can't mm-hmm. shoot. Yes, that is what it has to be for him all summer long. Right mm-hmm. in the gym, getting up. Yep, five hundred thousand shots a day. Yep. It is just making that happen. And I'm and guessing. He, I'm guessing he's done that a bunch over the year, and it hasn't clicked yeah. yet. So uh, we'll see. Let's do Iowa. What's Iowa's roster look like next year? Obviously, they're hitting it hard as well. They are. So, how much playing time for Josh Dix? Does he start next year? Tony Perkins is the lock. Mm-hmm. You would anticipate Patrick is the lock to start as well. Probably so, yes. So that's your starting point. So is it DeSante Bowen taking the leap? Is Josh Dix a starting point guard, though? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think he's a starter. Now, do you go small? And it, it depends so much on what Iowa also gets in the portal here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a huge piece. They're looking at multiple bigs. I think they need more help on the wing. Mm-hmm. Well, Peyton Sanford's starting. Yes, yeah, there's another one. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely lock him in. So there's your three starters, likely. And I think it just depends on what they get in the portal. If they get a ready-made guy, do they get two bigs that they can play together? One a center, one a power forward. You kind of go that route. It, it just It's so dependent upon that. But 
I don't see Dix as a starting point guard at this level. We also got to see what he is athletically going into next year. He was an elite athlete. Yeah. He, he was a guy that jumped out of the right. gym. He had plus athleticism. And a nasty injury. Yes. And coming back from as that quickly as he did. I mean, yes. he was back in September practicing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people didn't think that was going to happen. No way. That was, what, so when did he get her? March? Or was it February, February. or March? I February. think it was early February. Okay. Yeah. So six months he's back on the uh, in the gym? And we heard this thing could be up to a year uh-huh. before he's out there and actually competing on the hardwood. So I think you're going to see more bounce to his game. You're going to see that athletic ability start to come back to him. That's a big excitement. I just don't know, handles-wise, if he's there as a starting point guard. And you know, he ran the team in spots, and he can mm-hmm. still do that. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Perkins. It, it comes down to Bowen. DeSante Bowen has to make a huge leap. If I was going to get back to the tournament again... I think the key is going to be DeSante Bowen and what they can do. They'll find guys in the portal. I, I'm, there's no doubt that they're going to find somebody, a big or two, in the portal that is going to help them out. But ultimately what happens, and you know, we've seen point guard play is so important to what Iowa does and how they run their offense. And Perkins can help you out. I think Dix can help you out. But if Bowen develops into even an okay starter, you know, Ulysses was below average. If he could yeah, be yeah. even yep. a tick above that, mm-hmm. be a C, mm-hmm. all right, there's a step. And then we'll see what they get in the portal mm-hmm. for the bigs. Um, one, one more basketball note before we move on. We're going to talk to Blair Kirkhoff from Kansas City. We'll do all the Kansas City teams with Blair. Um, Twitter went crazy yesterday when a um, a woman um, morrows her last name. I don't remember her first name. Mm-hmm. She's she's a big right. She's with the Paul. She has two years of eligibility remaining. Um, is she a four or five? She's six one. Okay. And she hit like 55 threes this year. She plays inside, mm-hmm. but she's not what we talked about, that 6'5". No, she's not player. Angel Reese or, right. or the gal from South Carolina. Shot it maybe a little bit more than she should have from the outside. Okay. I think she shot like 25% and still hoisted up over 200 three-pointers on the year. But I saw more tweets with Lisa Bluter tagged in these tweets. She averaged 25.5 points, uh-huh. 12.5 rebounds per game, Jeez. though, in the Big East. Eesh. Yeah, that's pretty good. Right. That's pretty good. Volume player. Got a lot of shots. Not always the best shots. I but, watched a couple of uh, condensed game highlight things of her uh, yesterday afternoon. And, so you got the fever too. <laughs> yes, ju- jumped aboard because I, I got to see. Now, if you remember, her brother, Ed Morrow, played in Nebraska. Uh-huh. Her dad played football in Nebraska. Her mom was an athlete at Nebraska. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Connecting some dots? Well, I mean, I, you would have to anticipate that that's absolutely going to be on the list at minimum. Mm-hmm. She's from Chicago. All right. Iowa City's a little bit closer. Ready-made team. Nebraska was okay. Yeah, but they weren't as good. They weren't Iowa. Right. They weren't Iowa. Uh-huh. So that's going to be a part of it. There, uh, there was a list with a couple of post players that I saw yesterday at The Athletic talking about some of the top transfer portal candidates. And we say this knowing that as of right now, there's no availability right. scholarship-wise. As of right this now. This has to change. This has right. to change. I don't care how she's done business over her entire career. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time to get, get in the mud and get dirty. Yep. It is. It just, it, it just is. Uh, if, if you have to... You know, you got a pristine reputation because you you bring them here. They're here the whole time. They graduate to do the right thing. Um, if you want to play at this level, you have to sometimes get in the mud. Yes, there is no doubt about it. And when you look at the portal candidates that are out there, I, I looked right away. There aren't a ton of them, at least in the top 25 that the athletic app, but there are a few. And you look back at last year and some of the big transfers, obviously Angel Reese being amongst them, but there were a ton that made very impactful plays. And Fletcher from South Carolina, she was a transfer. Well, basically the whole LSU team mm-hmm, they were were transfers right. at one point. There were yeah. nine new players out there. Diamond Battles, we saw her in the round of 32 from Georgia, how good she was. Well, she came with the coach from Central Florida. So it's not at the level 
that we see at the men's game. But I think I saw the number yesterday. Last year, there were ultimately 1,200 players in the women's game that Is transferred. that many? Yeah. I, I was really surprised by the number. So there's going to be a huge number out there, and it's about finding fit. It's uh-huh. about finding that right one. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I, I think there's a real possibility here. Reading between the lines a little bit, too, I think there are going to be women on that team that are going to be told, very frankly, we're happy to keep you around. Mm-hmm. You're not going to play. Right. Right. You're not going to play. Um, Are they ranked? The reason I ask that is, where's Donarski on the list of... uh, She was number four on the list. Was she? Yep. She was fourth on the transfer portal list. None other of the Iowa State transfers were in the top 25 of the list that I saw there. And for whatever reason, I can't find uh, the transfer portal rankings. But uh, who would it have been? Do you remember who the women's basketball... No. Chanel... Chantel Jennings, I think, is her name. So I'll see if I can pop that up again because it, I thought it was a really good list, just kind of understanding where it is. And yes, there are candidates. Yeah, it's not the men's game, mm-hmm. but there are plenty of players that are going to be looking. And it's pretty easy if you're a post player, right? Pop in the tape. Got to think. Here, here's Megan Gustafson. She had one dribble. <laughs> Here is Monica Sinano. Right. Here's what she was as a freshman. Uh-huh. This is what we developed her into. Yep. Here's Jean Jensen. Mm-hmm. She is regarded as one of the mm-hmm. best post player coaches in the country. Mm-hmm. Here's Come your here. distributor. Time then, after oh, okay. time after time yes. after time. Right on the money. Don't even have to put the ball on the floor. Uh-huh. Catch it, put it up, and add to your stats. There's going to be plenty of suitors. I think so, too. Uh, Blair Kirkhoff, Kansas City Stars coming up. Uh, but first... Uh, but first... Where's the script? <laughs> it's time for another $1,000 home run. Head to KXNO right now and enter this nationwide keyword contest by inserting the keyword money in the pop-up box. It's your chance to win $1,000 money at KXNO.com. Money, KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Another one coming up in about an hour from now and then throughout the afternoon with uh, Murph and Andy and then the drive with Heather and I. Um, Whoa! Another day, another shift, pulling double duty here today, TC. Uh, the moral girl from DePaul is number one on this list. She's number it. one. She's number one. Uh, forward from Arizona is the number two prospect there. Lexi Donarski is number four on this list. But yeah, there's probably five or six, I, I thought, pretty intriguing names here. You can find it at The Athletic if you're a subscriber. And Chantel Jennings wrote the column, started on Saturday, but updated here with all the new additions. And we'll probably have to update that here in the days and weeks ahead. I <laughs> yes. uh, will take a time out. Blair Kirkhoff will join us next down to Kansas City. We will go catch up with our friend from the Kansas City Star, Miller and Condon. It's a Masters Thursday. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Hey. Sports Station 106.3 KXNO, 25 minutes before noon. Victor Hovland is four under. Patrick Reed leading the live players. He is two under through 11. Rom's in contention. Sergio 
Not a bad leaderboard so far. We'll keep you updated as the uh, day goes on. Let's head to Kansas City. Blair Kirkhoff, Kansas City star. He joins us. Been a long time, Blair. Trenton, Ken, thanks for giving us a few minutes. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, great talking to you guys again. Good talking to you again, Blair. Feeling better? Feel, health's better? Turn the corner? Yeah, yeah. All good. good. All good. I, I know about this time last year, I was really starting to come out of it and um, you know, missed, um, gosh, missed the, the NFL playoffs and, and the NCAA tournament and did not miss those events this year. Oh, no, I saw you. Covering, uh, covering the Chiefs Super Bowl and then going down to the Final Four, so... Yeah, yeah, much better. Thanks. Good, uh, good to hear. Well, uh, let's let's start downtown Kansas City with a, with a, a lease plans. Uh, it's been you know kicked around for a while that the Royals are going to move from Coffin at some point. They're just uh, leaving too many dollars on the table with the fact that they can't capitalize as so many of the ballparks uh, in the uh, in the inner cities or in other cities have been able to do. What's the likelihood, Blair? Does this feel like uh, that this really has some momentum this time? You know, it's it's a fascinating discussion here in Kansas City. Um, the the new owner, John Sherman, he's been on board now for three years, and he wants a new downtown ballpark. He he's not going to be able to get it without um, with, without voters from Jackson County, Missouri, approving you know sales tax increase and or continuation of a current sales tax. For um, uh, that, that that's happening for other uh, other issues, and right now the status of the Royals is uh, you know a team that's out of the gate at one and five and not looking great, and uh, the the mood of of you know Royals fans is a little bit sour right now, and he wants to at the earliest it can appear on a ballot is in August, and if this is another you know just depressing summer for the Royals, which most of them have been over the last four or five years since really since their championship years, then I'm, <clears throat> I'm not so sure he's going to get the funding he needs to, to get it done. But the lease expires in 2031 and he'd like to see it happen. A new downtown ballpark before, obviously before then by 2028 at the latest. I don't know. I, I, I still think it's a coin flip, whether it happens or not. He's determined to make it happen. And, uh, and, and but it, it ultimately is going to be up to the voters uh, of this area. I've seen opposition out there, which I've been surprised by, uh, short of tax money, those kind of things. What is the opposition? I mean, just understanding what a new ballpark, a downtown ballpark means and can mean and has meant for other organizations out there. Why do I see a lot of opposition to this? Well, there's a um, there's an emotional one going on, and that is people really love Kauffman Stadium, um, and they, they don't see where there's a big need to replace something that, you know, is aesthetic, aesthetically nice, right, with the fountains and the all the money mm-hmm. they poured into renovations there over the last 15, 20 years. Um, and, and the ballpark, you know, was built along with, you know, Arrowhead at the Truman Sports Complex, where it was as a nod to regionality, and not just to people who lived in Kansas City, but for people who lived in Iowa and Nebraska and Oklahoma and Arkansas. And, you know, Kansas City was sold, uh, the Royals at least, when they were an expansion team, when the decision was made to expand to Kansas City, that was sold as a regional team and not a city team, and that's why the stadium went where it did. So moving it downtown, uh, listen, that's 
that's where ballparks are going right now with, with you know the exception of Atlanta new ballparks are all going have have been going downtown and Kansas City's downtown is, is, is growing like most downtowns are it's, it's young and vibrant and they want to take advantage and the Royals want to take advantage of of that and I, I get the argument I, I totally understand the argument but I also understand the convenience factor of the the current situation. Now, Kauffman Stadium's 50 years old this year, and, uh, and and that seems to be about the, if you don't have a Wrigley or a Fenway <laughs> or even a right. Dodger Stadium, that yeah. seems to be about the time span for, for building a new ballpark. I think ultimately it'll happen. It's, it, would, it would just make everybody feel better around here if the Royals were a better team and people just felt better about the, the, the way the direction of the team is going. Yeah, they're not off to the best start, and they'll uh, finish up here at uh, one ten. I think, first pitch against the Jays here today. Uh, Royals uh, took the first game of the series, but have dropped the last two. Uh, we'll see here today. So let's talk about those defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs who did it again. Blair, what really has um, sticks out to me is over the last few years, with the success of this team, they're drafting late in the first round, right? And, and it really hasn't mattered to this point. They keep finding gems uh, late in whatever round that they are drafting, including a seventh-round running back who just burst onto the scene, and Pacheco, what a season he has had. But, um, you know, knowing where they're going to draft and um, and the fact that they're paying their quarterback a, a bunch of money, at this point, it really hasn't uh, hurt the Chiefs. That's remarkable. It is. Um, they, they seem to have hit on a, uh, <clears throat> a modern NFL economic model that where you, you have to pay the quarterback but you don't have to destroy the franchise uh, by by doing it. And so, you know, Mahomes got his big deal after the after the first Super Bowl victory, you know, three four years ago. Uh, but structured it in a way that he can, you know, he, he he's never he probably never going to be the highest paid player in the league because he can just um, defer some money or turn it into a signing bonus. There's all sorts of magic you can do. He was able to say at the time that he. He was the highest-paid athlete in North American sports with his half-billion-dollar contract. But just the way it gets parceled out, it'll, it gives the Chiefs some options with some other, you know, with their payroll. But you've hit on it. The, the, the Chiefs had 10 draft picks last year. Nine of them played in the Super Bowl. That's how, hmm. that's how good that draft class was. Three of them started. And this year, the Chiefs have 10 more. They go into the draft with 10 more picks. So they've got enough players on minimum salaries and low salaries that they can form a pretty good team and, and pay top players at their positions like Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones, keep those guys um, and build around them with young, well-scouted and developed talent. And they really have hit on this this model that I think is the envy and should be the envy of the NFL. Um, and. Uh, how can you argue with the you know with the results? Uh, five straight AFC title games at, at, at Arrowhead, two Super Bowls, three, three Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl trophies, and hmm. uh, it, it's and, and they're feeling good about the future. They, I think, uh, I think they deserve to be the, the favorite going into next season. Just based, even with their losses, they they've lost a lot of people. Right, Tyree Kill a yep. year ago, and um, and a bunch of off this. Frank Clark's gone off of this team, and. And, and um, Juju Smith-Schuster, McCole Hardman, and yet they just come in and replace those guys and, and keep on rolling. So uh, I, I think that they have done a terrific job of creating a model for success. And it all starts with the quarterback. He's 
you know, when when you've got Mahomes, you've mm-hmm. uh, you, you've got a leg up on everybody to begin with. Well, Blair, I'm going to be making the trip down there here in a couple of weeks for the NFL draft. What has been the anticipation, and what's the expectations of what this is going to be like, not just for Kansas City, but for football fans across the Midwest making their way down there and not just standing behind the stage or in front of the stage and, and waiting for a pick, but everything else that goes into putting together this NFL draft? Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Uh, it's going to be, you know, with Kansas City, like I said, hosted five AFC title games. They've hosted World Series games. They've been at the, you know, except for hosting a Super Bowl or or a college football national championship game, you know, they've had Final Fours here. They've hosted sporting events uh, at the highest level of, of that sport uh, in, in in many cases, but they will never have held a sporting event that will attract as many people hmm. as the NFL draft will. They're expecting more than a hundred thousand uh, fans watching live uh, at Union Station. And you know something. It'll, it'll look something like the 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 uh, the end of the parades that the Chiefs and the Royals have had in the last decade, where they they come to Union Station and speak in front of the you know, the old train station there, and of course thousands of people on the hill up and up through that Liberty Memorial that's at the top of the hill. Well, that's going to be the site for three straight days at um, you know in, in Kansas City, and they've already started closing roads. The build out has happened is happening right now in front of Union Station. It, it it'll be the biggest sports party this city has, has ever had, and um, and nothing like it, really, when you think about it. The only the only thing you can compare this to uh, is is three years in the future when the World Cup comes to Kansas mm. City, and and you'll have um, you know if, if Kansas City is a uh, is a, is a host for for a nation or two, which they, they anticipate being, and have their fans by the tens of thousands in Kansas City, it'll be similar, but three days. Uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, with uh, with all the pomp and circumstance that comes with the um, you know with with the NFL draft, the fan fest uh, going to be open all time all, all throughout this concerts each night. Uh, I hope Kansas City's ready for it because <laughs> it, it will never have experienced anything quite like this. I uh, can't wait, uh, Blair Kirkhoff, Kansas City Star. Blair, I want to talk Big Twelve hoops with you uh, in your part of the country. Uh, Bill Self at a press conference yesterday, of course, with uh, the health scare that uh, the heart issue uh, that uh, he was uh, afflicted with right uh, before the Big Twelve tournament uh, and then into the NCAA's. And then I want to ask you about Jerome Tang, who really um, set to set the basketball. Uh, he was an impactful coach, is putting it mildly in his first, finally, after he got his first opportunity. Uh, he was probably happy at Baylor. That's why he didn't come sooner. But boy, oh boy, he took advantage of it. Is Tang's success at K-State sustainable? And uh, and Bill Self yesterday uh, setting uh, the fan base at ease that he will be back. Yeah, yeah, that was... Uh, uh, Bill Self went on for about 35 minutes at his press conference yesterday taking questions. He really wanted to get the word out that he was okay, as much for recruiting as, as anything else. So uh, he, I thought he did that successfully. And if you ha- if you haven't heard it or if you haven't played clips from it, it's really worthwhile. There's some great lines in there. He is um, he really is uh, he's a master at connecting and um, and, and the, the things that he uh, the way he expressed himself and and being more enthusiastic for the job now than than before. Um, he was uh, he was on his game in a big way on on uh, on Wednesday. It was great to hear. You know, as for Jerome Tang, I'll tell you what. I thought that T.J. Otzelberger had set the yep. you know, set the standard. Uh, you know, a year ago yeah. when he when he took Iowa State to the Sweet Sixteen in his first year, I thought, "Wow, how this is amazing!" And then look what Jerome Tang does. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I don't think K-State was as down as Iowa State was uh, when uh, when TJ took over, but but they were down. They finished last and, and only had um, two players returning. Uh, everybody else had bailed. Now, one of those players is Marquise Noel, who turned out to be an exceptional, had an exceptional season for the Wildcats, but they... You know, they added Keontae Johnson and, and other really nice pieces around there and got to the Elite Eight and, a, you know, just a, a fantastic season for, for the Wildcats. Is it sustainable? Look, I, I, I think so, but it's different now in college basketball. You've got you to recruit a new team every year. Yeah. It's not just players to fill positions, but for the most part, you've got to recruit a new team. And he, for his first time out, he excelled. And now we'll see what happens, you know, in year two when you know, you've got to you, you got to replace Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson and, and just about everybody from from that team. But uh, uh, what a ride he took Kansas State on through the NCAA tournament. And I really just you know for the for the Big Twelve sake, it would have been cool to see Kansas State beat Florida Atlantic yeah. in that uh, that regional final. Didn't happen, but uh, but uh, it is it, it, not revived because the Kansas Kansas State rivalry has always been there. But I, I think there's going to be much greater anticipation for those games now that Jerome Tang is at K-State. It'll be a one-and-done, but a 14-team football league as well. I know we're a long ways off of it, unfortunately, but 14 teams in the Big 12 for a season with Texas and Oklahoma getting ready to depart. What's your anticipation for the four newbies coming into the league in year one? Well, I, I'm, I'm really curious to see how it's all going to fit and work. Um, and uh, I... I um, I'm excited about it. I, I, th- I think they are four good additions, and and look, it may just be even we know that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. It just may be the beginning of additions for the Big Twelve, depending on what happens yeah. with the Pac-12 and their TV deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be curious to, to see what uh, you know what the Arizona schools plus Utah and Colorado want to do. I know everybody's saying the right things now, but I mean, so I think some some hard business decisions are going to have to be made by these Pac-12 schools as, um, as, as the, in the next couple of months, certainly by the end of the school year or the school business year, you know, which is in end of June. But, um, but no, I, I, what, a, what an interesting conference and interesting place the Big 12 is going to be in, in this football season. I'm not, listen, I'm not sure any of the newcomers are, are going to be able to you know, compete, not, not compete, maybe compete for a title immediately, but because all of their budgets have, have basically grown exponentially, right, Being going from the American into the Big 12 and having a piece of that pie, and uh, they're all going to, I think, be better and get, get better and improve. And, listen, the, the KUs, the, the, the Iowa States, the K-States, they, they better be on their game. Mm-hmm. They've, uh, they've had the advantages financially over these four schools for, for a long, long time, and uh, and look, they, they've done a great job taking advantage. And it's not Kansas, of course, but K State went in the Big Twelve last year, and Iowa State under Matt Campbell's done a terrific job. But now they've got four more uh, programs that are sort of like-minded in in in, in, this, in scope uh, and stadium size, that kind of thing. And they better, you know, they better keep up, and or, or at least I, I think it, they'll be ahead early. But uh, but that's the challenge for the existing Big Twelve schools. Stay ahead of the of the four newcomers. Thanks for being so uh, generous uh, with your time, Blair Kirkhoff. Great to catch up with you. Thank you. Yeah, great talking to you guys. Good talking to you. Yep, Blair Kirkhoff, Kansas City Star. So we catch up with our uh, buddy. One of those new additions, Houston, has canceled their open spring practice on Saturday. Why? Might rain. Might rain. 
How are they going to do in Ames in November? <laughs> Might rain in mm. 36 hours. Canceled. <laughs> Different. They're not ready. We'll see. I think it's going to be fascinating. I cannot wait. It's going to be great. I wish Oklahoma and Texas were gone. Yeah. Just just get out of here. Nobody wants you. You don't want them. They don't want you. It's We've broken up, right? We don't need to see any longer. Um, I think BYU is going to be a player. I think Cincinnati's going to be a player. Um, we'll see. 10 before noon. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.com for details. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Chicken Biscuit is trending on Twitter. Ooh, Must be Master's Week. Yes. And breakfast or early morning when it started to trend. Get one of those chicken sandwiches, put a pimento, put them together. I've what heard is that a is... pimento? Pimento is... It's like an olive? Kind of, yes. Yeah. They're I... nasty. I don't like olives either. I like the black olives, the green olives. No, no. The pimento's the middle of the bla- right. of the green olive, right? Well, yeah. But it's pimento cheese. So it's cheese mixed with a little it's, spice of the pimento. I'm out. I'm out. Rather go hungry. <laughs> it's not a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> That's all you eat. Yeah, I eat a lot of them anyways. Um, hour number two, we'll get into the Iowa State situation with Dave Sproul. Look forward to catching up with our buddy from 1430 KAXI. You had some excitement for a moment. Yeah, I thought I read the wrong battle for Minnesota. I read it. I thought we were going to have to do our first segment over again. We talked about Iowa State's roster next year. Um, but he's going to be a Buckeye. He's a Buckeye. He's Ohio State, not Iowa State. That would have been different because he's a good player. He's a really good player. Jerome Battles is, is the Minnesota's best player last I think year. He was, yeah. Best player on a bad team, granted, oh, but it was. Uh, now he's going to be a Buckeye. Ben Johnson in trouble going into year three? I thought he was in trouble this year. Yeah, two years. Two years. Well, we, uh... And they lost their best player before the year, their best incoming freshman that was highly regarded. Uh, the answer is yes. I think the answer is yes. You know how different it is? You gotta have things turn around quickly. Mm-hmm. You don't get a lot of notes. and excuses. Nope, nope. And there were not a. Yes, they were happy to have one of their own go back there. Still. Didn't hear a whole lot of buzz though no. about Ben Johnson. No, and when two clunker years. Mm-hmm. I only saw that Iowa played them once, right? Right. And there was a was it Super Bowl Sunday? It was. Yeah, I was in Mexico. Where you? Yes. Well, I knew you were there for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was Sunday morning, I think, and it was actually. I mean, I would kind of toyed with him, but let him hang around if memory serves. Anyways, hour number two, we will talk Iowa State to begin. Iowa at the bottom of the hour with Steve Batterson. And then Trent's plays of the day. Circus Sports sponsor, Victor Hovland, has a two-shot lead. Uh, he's five under on his round. Tiger turns uh, to the back nine, two over. Made a birdie. Yes, he did. Got one back. Hour two coming up next. Miller and Con, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.